Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to yet another episode of Retro Ups and Downs. My name is Simon Miller, and because we don't usually sit down, I do need to start these videos by saying I'm sitting down. I had some surgery. Standing is very hard, but I will get back on my two feet very soon. And instead, let's talk about No Way Out 2006. And we all know what the focus was around about this time, because very tragically, the year prior, Eddie Guerrero had passed away. So when we were doing a feud between Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio, we made sure that Eddie was front and center. Now, I know loads of people have always gone, oh, this is what Eddie Guerrero would have wanted. And maybe that's true. I don't know. I didn't know the man. I just know as a fan... I found all of this very uncomfortable. It was clear it wasn't helping backstage either because nobody seemed to know what exactly to do with Rey Mysterio. Like, he was in the main event of WrestleMania, then he was out of the main event of WrestleMania. Even though he had won the Royal Rumble, we were still playing around with the fact, well, maybe we should take his title shot away with him, which is what we actually did at No Way Out 2006. This seemed to be the case all over the shop as well as Matt Hardy continued to tease a special guest tag team partner for the evening. And at one point, it absolutely was meant to be Road Warrior Animal, but then turned out to be Tatanka, and yes, in 2006, is when the wrestling news sites had these rumours that maybe, just maybe, CM Punk had some heat. Who even knows what this was all about, but everybody was saying he was carrying himself too much like a star, even though he wasn't a star. But surely the only way you become a star is by acting like a star... It's not like you've got any star going. Oh, by the way, I'm the moon. But hey, look, this is actually a very good, surprising, under-the-radar show, which was exactly the impression 15 years ago. And in front of 15,000 people fly from Baltimore, it is No Way Out 2006. And we're going to give the retro bits an up, and the retro bits are down. That didn't really work. Let's just up those downs. The video to kick things off here is very interesting, because it goes out of its way to find ways to work in the saying, No Way Out. And it gets so bad towards the end... Your eyes are going to roll. But otherwise, the whole theme of the show is, of course, Eddie Guerrero has passed away. And we're going to use that to shine Rey Mysterio up as the ultimate babyface. But also turn Randy Orton into the ultimate heel. I mean, I ain't going to even repeat some of the things he said. But if you know, you know. And if you don't know, stay away from it. You do get an exclusive set. And I'm going to continue to beat that drum until some wrestling promotion brings those back. And the very first person you see on this thing is Shane Helms. Now, notice I didn't say Hurricane Helms because he was done with the superhero gimmick in 2006 which was actually quite smart because as we know when it comes to wrestling you've always got to evolve and this persona was actually pretty good and it wasn't his best work because I much preferred it when it was wonderful stupid but hey go look at his entrance coat it was pretty cool although he had ran foul of Smackdown general manager Teddy Long who had said to him okay now that you've pissed me off 
you have to fight every single cruiserweight that I can go and find. The result is him facing Paul London, Brian Kendrick, Nunzio, Psychosis, Super Crazy, Kid Cash and Funaki, and the best part is, before this match started, Nobody knew what the rules were. Nobody knew, was it over the top rope? Was it single person elimination? You just had to tune in to find out, which is the most WWE thing I'll ever say. And given that there was 67 people in this, it is an absolute mess, but I tell you, it's really fun. Loads of dudes are doing dives in the early going, and back in 2006, I was like, wow, a dive, and it didn't trigger the commercial break. And once they're done with those, we must get one of the earliest multi-man tag klaxons ever, ha, huh? because they all get in the ring, and they all start hitting their finishing moves, but then everybody else is breaking up everybody else's finishing moves, and it's just really entertaining. And you also get a spot that WWE is gonna do until they are dead, if a company can die. And after Kid Cash has hit Nunzio with a horrible looking brain buster, he has the thing won, but then Super Crazy comes off the top rope, he breaks up that pin, which is when Shane Helms is like, wait a minute, I can sneak in, I can pin Nunzio, and I can retain my championship. And that's exactly what he does. This is more than fine though, because it's all action. Aside from when Psychosis and Super Crazy come out as the Mexicals and they are riding tractors. I cannot believe that this was ever deemed an idea that we should put on television. But we take that and we put it to one side, like I say, more than enjoyable, up. Booker T and Charmel are then seen backstage. And given that this was just a few months prior to them becoming King Booker and Queen Charmel, well, you can already see it taking place. Because Booker is right pissed off that he has to defend his United States Championship later because he's injured. But as Teddy Long points out, well, you can't be that badly hurt because I saw you dancing on SmackDown. And without missing a Pete Charmel to scope, that was a miracle, damn it. That was a miracle. This is quite funny. They then both get down on their knees and beg Teddy Long to reconsider. So again, right there is the whole royalty thing. So Teddy Long goes, well, if you are going to do this, I'll strip you of your belt. That match is on. As ever, WWE just has to double up on these kind of skits, though. And we see Crystal about to interview Fit Finley when he says, listen, I came all the way from Ireland and I want to fight. So he picks her up walks her to the ring, puts her in the squared circle, and all signs insinuate that he's about to beat her up. And I will not lie to you, I was crapping my pants. Thankfully, this is when Bobby Lash interrupts to save the day, and that man hasn't aged at all, so I don't know what's going on there, when all of a sudden JBL arrives, but he comes out in his giant limousine. Now, given that his plan is to jump Bobby Lashley, why did he come out in his car? Because by the time he gets to the ring, Bob just turns around and goes, well, now I can see you, you fool, so JBL can't do nothing. So I honestly have no idea what this was, but it did set up JBL versus Bobby Lashley. And if you are now asking, well, Simon, where did Fit Finley go? The ref just said, uh, go to the back, please. And Fit went, okay. Absolutely pointless. Bobby Lashley is also just ridiculous here because he is doing all this agile stuff like leapfrogs, even though he's built like an elephant and yet somehow he moves like a, I don't know, a gazelle. Although there's one moment where he goes to give JBL a suplex and honestly, it looks like they're both about to land on their heads. Now, Bobby Lashley saves this, but my own life passed before my eyes. I thought they were doomed. Bradshaw soon takes over and slows this down and really we shouldn't have done that because it does get a little bit boring. But when Bob is on his comeback, he belly to bellies Bradshaw sure four times and it's only here where Fit Finley must have went wait a minute I got sent to the back and I want to be by the ring so he comes back out it's so stupid I was laughing because I can't handle it and for no reason he just throws Tony Chimmel in the ring but that creates such chaos and such a distraction he then gets his shillelagh and he hits Bobby Lashley over the head 
And I can't handle that. I can't handle that somebody in WW Creative, they wouldn't give him a chair, they wouldn't give him a kendo stick, they wouldn't give him a table. They went, well, no fit. You're from Ireland, and therefore you need an Irish weapon. Bradshaw then flies in from nowhere with a clothesline of hell to defeat Bobby Lashley. And as the commentators tell us, this is the first time Bob has been defeated. And given this is kind of a whole lot of nothing, I don't think I would have done it this way. That's why it's got to get it down. Batista is then here, and this was kind of a big deal because we hadn't seen him on TV ever since Mark Henry had legitimately hurt his tricep, which was doubly bad because he was the world heavyweight champion and he had to give up his belt. This must have been the first time that he'd shaved his head as well because everybody was making a big deal about that, but it made me feel more connected with him obvious reasons. He had three reasons for being here too. The first being that he just wanted to watch Kurt Angle versus The Undertaker, which was our main event. I was a bit like, why don't you watch it on pay-per-view, you big cheapskate? Two, he missed the thrill of it, but also three, he was now healed, so everybody better keep their eyes glued because Batista is going to return very soon. As if a big Dave just picks this perfectly because he never outstayed his welcome. And I swear that dude was always really good at this stuff. He just got it to the point I'm gonna give him it up. We then zoom to Kurt Angle and Randy Orton in the back who are having a chat about this. And Randy Orton says something like, yeah, I heard what Batista said, and that means I'm gonna be the champion. Whereas Kurt Angle goes, well, I don't care what he says or what you say, because I need to focus on The Undertaker. Now, we only did this because it was gonna be Randy Orton versus Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. And at this juncture, Rey Mysterio hadn't been put back into this match. I mean, he would down the line, but it was just something to... A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I didn't think we were making matches by pulling names out of the hat because it was indeed Eminem versus Matt Hardy and as you already know, Tatanka. Joey Mercury and Johnny Nitro stare at him like he's a ghost and this also ties into the crowd because they don't care, but how could they? Either you had no idea who this was because again it was 2006 or you had seen him at the Royal Rumble because he had come back and gone, oh man, Tatanka. But then he vanished for a few weeks and now he was back again. Honestly, this is one of the strangest cameos ever and it's never made any sense. This was also pitched totally the wrong way because even though Matt Hardy got the super duper hot tag by the end of it, it's him who has the beat down in the early going. So when Tatanka does get in there, you barely get a peep out of the crowd. In fact, I think I heard one guy go, oh yeah, you get him, Tatanka. And he said it with that much passion. I mean, it would be like Heidenreich popping up on Raw today to team with Rey Mysterio. And I bet a good portion of you right now are going, who the hell is Heidenreich? Melina obviously interferes at one point because that was her whole point of being part of Eminem. 
But after this, she also starts shrieking and screaming. Like, imagine I'm doing this video now, and at random intervals, I just go, ah, ah. Eventually, you're gonna be like, Simon, can you please stop doing that? And that's what I was yelling at my TV. Screaming gimmicks are always bad. It just makes you want to turn off. Given that this was non-title, though, you knew exactly what was gonna happen. So Matt Hardy hit the twist of fate, and at the same time, Tatanka hit his Samoan drop. They get the one, two, three. And look, I can't remember what happened after this, but I think it was just a freaky deaky thing to do on No Way Out 2006. And I enjoyed it to a point, but I'm still giving it a down. Booker T was then a wonderful asshole. Cause he comes out for his US title match against Chris Benoit and he gets a microphone and just goes, nope, I don't want to do it. So Teddy Long, you may as well come down here and you may as well take my championship away from me because I am hurt and I feel completely upset about this whole mess. Benoit then does the most awkward coward, coward chant ever, but all of this is just a wonderful ruse, because after Charmel has slapped Chris Benoit a couple of times going, you better respect my husband, Booker T gets back in the ring, he jumps Chris Benoit, and the match magically starts. Even then he spends the whole time going, oh my gosh, I'm hurt, I'm so hurt, and even plays possum so he can grab Chris Benoit and throw him into the steel steps, and he is just a brilliant, wonderful heel who in many ways is still very much underrated. They soon start chopping each other. And that's when I facepalm like my word. They are just laying that crap in. It must hurt like hell. And then we had another moment here when they're going for a superplex and both guys nearly land on their heads. So what is the deal with suplexes at No Way Out 2006? As ever, I was having kids. Charmelle is soon getting involved because she jumps off the apron and there is quite a contrived bump when Booker T gets thrown into the ropes and she goes knocking. But that's enough to distract Booker T. He gets put in the sharpshooter. Chris Benoit then transitions into the crossface. Booker T tags out and we have a brand new champion. Seriously though, this was really good. The usual struggles that I do have given who was involved but you'd be stupid to give it anything else but enough. This also leads to a celebration between Chris Benoit and Mae Mysterio in the background, but also every other single person of the SmackDown locker room is there. And then you quickly find out it's because they want to end with Vicky and Chavo Guerrero. So of course, Chris Benoit could go, I did this for Eddie. And knowing everything we do know now, once again, it's kind of hard to watch. Especially as this does lead into Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton with the main event of WrestleMania on the line. We hit everyone with the emotion stick hard because Rey Mysterio's daughter is in the crowd years before she'd start a relationship with Buddy Murphy and everybody in the arena is going, Erdy, Erdy. This also allows Randy Orton to mock Eddie Guerrero by doing his dance. I mean, it really did turn him into a massive prick. Randy was then the best as he got down on his knees to punch Rey Mysterio in the face, because of course he's so much taller than him. But you could see what was coming a mile off here, but it was still so damn good, because just as the right time, Rey retaliated by booting him right in the face. Everybody in the arena goes nuts, good spot. They built to the outside where Orton caught Rey in midair and then smashed him into the ring post. And I have seen Mysterio do that spot over and over again. I'm like, maybe you shouldn't be doing it, because it looks like it really hurts. However, around about this time is when I started to go, wait a minute, this is really good because it is really good. Oh, and then drop kicks Ray as he comes off the top rope and that looks absolutely horrible. But when he goes for the RKO, Ray Mysterio is able to reverse that by booting him in the face. And very handily, Randy Orton then falls into the second rope, which allows Ray to go for the 619. But this is when you just get the best dastardly finish ever. It's also one of the best, most devastating moves in all the sports entertainment you could ever hope to see. Because Randy gets out of the way of the 619, he instantly surprise roll-ups Mysterio, and he holds the rope as the ref goes one, and the ref goes two, and the ref goes three. 
The crowd absolutely hates this as Randy Orton celebrates like he's the biggest dick in the world. And fair play to Rey Mysterio. The camera cuts to him here and it actually looked like he's about to cry. And I started to feel sad in my dum-dum. We also laid into this afterwards because Ray finds Chavo and Vicky Guerrero backstage. He's all like, I'm so sorry, I've let you down, I've let you down. And then you have this awesome shot of him just walking down a hallway. And honestly, this will absolutely leave your heart in bits. Now it does all end good because Ray Mysterio will get back into the WrestleMania vein and he will become the world champion. But as a well-executed angle, you've got to give it a round of applause and you've got to give it up. And that's the same for the main event because I tell you, not only was it one of the most surprising things of 2006, but even in 2021, it will make you go hot damn. Because I'm sure everybody thought that Kurt Angle and The Undertaker could have a good match, but did we think they could have a 30 minute classic? I do not think we did, but it is getting it up. You also have the stakes in the fact that the WWE title is on the line. And while they kind of killed the crowd in the beginning because they decided to do wrestling, when The Undertaker is going for choke slams and Kurt Angle is reversing that into ankle locks, all of a sudden they fire up, as does this entire match. Because for the majority of it, it is The Undertaker trying to stop Kurt Angle, but because he's an Olympic gold wrestler and because he's just so damn good, he keeps finding a way to reverse everything to the point you start going, well, I don't think the dead man can win this. When Taker does start fighting back though, Michael Cole, of course, goes, that's the best pure striker in all of WWE. And as ever, I don't know what that means. What is a pure striker? Like, is he a power-up in a football game? It sounds really stupid. We go all Bret Hart when Angle goes to the outside and applies the figure four around the ring post. But even then, the Undertaker gets back into this by doing his guillotine leg drop on the apron. But when they're back in the ring, Kurt Angle, I've already said, is just transitioning into ankle lock, into submission move, into ankle lock, into submission move. And he truly does come across like the best wrestler in the world, which is what he was meant to be. He's a WWE champ. The only way he's able to fight back is when he throws Angle into Tony Chimmel, who's having a hell of a night. And that's when he goes, you know what? I'm going to throw this guy through the announce table. But that doesn't happen because Kurt Angle turns the tide once more and he hits the Olympic slam through the wood. All of this is just tremendous. They then add another number onto the almost died tally at No Way Out 2006 when Kurt Angle scales up the rope to give the Undertaker a belly belly suplex. And once again, they almost fall on their heads. And why the hell we ever thought this was a good idea with the dude as big as the Undertaker, I don't know. But look at me being like I'm their mum. I just wanted to point my finger at the TV and say, go to your room. We then get back to back joy because the Undertaker goes for choke slam number two. But once again, Kurt Angle reverses that into the ankle lock. But when the Phenom gets out of that, he does hit the choke slam, but Kurt Angle kicks out of two. And literally every single person in that building went ooh. The balance taker then kicks out the angle slam which also gets a little bit of a ah and then we build to this finish that once again is so smart because in 2006 The Undertaker was desperate to get the Hell's Gate over as his submission just because he really liked MMA. But when he does lock it in here everybody sells it like oh my gosh this must be done so what does Kurt Angle do? Just as the referee is about to say oh my gosh he's knocked out he flips over basically turns it into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment but The Undertaker is kind of stuck to his shoulders, courtesy of his own weight. The referee counts three, and Kurt Angle is still the champion. There was a stare down between the two where The Undertaker was half mad, also half respected Kurt Angle. But not only was this a terrific way to win a match, but seriously, they go for a good 29 minutes 
and aside for like five minutes at the start, the rest of it is all absolutely fabu. If you haven't watched this before, you should because you'll have a whale of a time. That's what this is. It's just fun with a good bit of technical wrestling shoved right in the middle. And as usual, for the people that don't agree with my opinion, I have a second one for you, courtesy of Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, because he gave that Cruiserweight Madness two and a half stars. He gave JBL versus Bobby three quarters of a star. Matt and Tatanka versus Eminem got one and three quarter stars. Benoit versus Booker got three and a quarter stars. Orton versus Ray also got three and a quarter stars, with that main event getting a whopping four stars. Much deserved. Hey, Ohio, have you heard the buzz? Slinger's Signature Cocktails are the new go-to to go. Slinger's are convenient, canned, cocktail-inspired flavored beverages that bring you delicious flavors like Bahama Mama, Peach Screwdriver, and Pineapple Punch with 8% ABV. They pack a punch at a price you can't beat. No time to make fancy cocktails? Don't want to break the bank on a night out? Slingers has you covered. Blast your taste buds, not your wallet. Grab Slingers today. American Fermentation Company, Boston, Massachusetts. Please drink responsibly. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.